Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All new pre-owned inventory. Great service department and sales staff, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. <laughs> it's been an absolutely crazy day in the sports world. Not of, of course in college football, where this continued saga with the Big 12 and Texas and OU, and now ESPN being involved in this. This is just absolute radio gold. That is just that that is this tur- has now turned into, and this is going to be going on again for just such a long time. So we've got this MLB trade deadline still heating up. The Cubs are apparently holding out Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant amid trade rumors. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. The Jets have finally brought in Zach Wilson and have that contract all signed and ready to go. Of course, there's the Olympics. SUNY League gets the gold medal. So just a lot going on right now in the sports world. And there's just, I literally tweeted out earlier today, too much happening with what's going on in college football. And on top of this ESPN story, which we'll explain in a second, the Big 12 is now scheduled to meet with its ADs tomorrow, according to Dennis Dodd. SEC is supposed to be meeting with their CEOs and ADs today. We, we, we never really were told what time, so it could be now. It could have happened already. It could be happening later tonight on the discussion of adding Texas and OU. And we did see a report also earlier today that looks like Texas A&M will vote yes to admit both those schools in, despite their opposition to admitting Texas, which, as Steve and I talked about yesterday, we wouldn't be necessarily surprised by because it's a fight that they're clearly not going to win. So now we come to the Big 12 definitely now going in battling to the death. And Steve kind of alluded to this that it was already getting to that point ever since this news came out last week. But now it's in that full-blown mode after now the Big 12 is going after its broadcast partner, accusing them of trying to destabilize the conference. 
Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby is accusing ESPN of encouraging other conferences to pick apart the league so Texas and Oklahoma can move to the SEC more quickly and without paying a massive buyout. Now, when I first saw this, it, I, I had that classic knee-jerk reaction thinking, you know, Big 12 should just get over themselves. But now that the more of these details have come out, I have no doubt, and I wouldn't be surprised one bit, considering ESPN's recent past, that they would be involved in something like this. They have prided themselves very recently of having contracts with all four major sports. Plus, of course, they have the contracts with the ACC and the SEC and a little bit of the Big Ten and a little bit of the Pac-12. They have a piece of the pie everywhere. But when you have a piece of the pie everywhere, we know it's expensive. We know, the, we know ESPN just paid billions for the NFL and that new package. They just paid billions for the new NHL package to get four Stanley Cup finals. We know they already spent $1.4 million on the NBA. And now they had this new contract with the SEC fully to begin in 2024 to take it away from CBS. We know that they've had to make cuts of various big names, on-air staff, behind the scenes. We, of course, know what happened recently with Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor. So ESPN's credibility, not, not that it was great in the first place, Steve, but it's really not great now. And I think, and I truly believe Bob Bowlesby by, by him saying, I have absolute certainty they, ESPN, have been involved in manipulating other conferences to go after the Big 12. Or else, because you don't know where things stand with the Big 12 afterwards, this is a pretty significant power punch right here or else you have no media partner if you still stay a conference. So I fully believe the Big 12 here. I think ESPN's in deep doo-doo here. I'll make an addendum to that in a moment. All right. Because that isn't even remotely the most important thing to me right now. <laughs> because Lincoln James Beard was born this afternoon, and I now have my seventh grandchild. Yay! Congratulations! That is... uh, I just talked to my daughter, Megan, uh, on the phone. Oh, that's awesome. uh, So, uh, that's why I was a little late, because Kathy was on the phone with her, and I said, uh, hey, uh, it's... uh, so I could hear him in the background. He squawked a little bit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's because they told him. You know, you know what made him squawk? Uh, it's somebody told him Texas was going to the SEC. He was like, oh, <laughs> this poor little guy started crying. All right, so. so we're talking like um, minutes old, hours old? Uh, I'd say at this point an hour and 45 minutes old. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. Right around there. Well, congratulations right. to you uh, and Kathy. That's awesome. Well, it's um, yeah, it's something else. Yeah, so I've always told people. I, you know, in fact, I just told my daughter. I said, for anybody who doesn't believe it, love at first sight has never had a baby. Oh, I so, totally agree. Uh, now, as for Bob Bowlesby, let me give you an interesting fact about the Big Twelve. Right, the Big Twelve, if they want to go to court. Guess where the Big 12, as an entity, is registered? It's Delaware, isn't it? 
Delaware. Yeah. Which means that any trial would not be in Texas. Oh. Uh, that's that's an interesting fact to this. Now, the fact that Bob Bowlesby would come right out and say this, that's a bold thing to say. <laughs> that's very bold. That's why I believe him. Um, now, does it make any difference? What are you going to do, stop them from leaving? How are you going to stop them from leaving? How are you going to do that? Yeah, that's fair. When the when the TV rights con, I mean, Oklahoma and Texas don't want to wait. The SEC doesn't want to wait. Uh, but uh, the uh, but uh, how are you going to stop them? The contract runs out. June 30th, 2025. So the latest that Oklahoma and Texas would be playing in the SEC would be the 2025 season. The latest. The earliest could be next year. So uh, that is uh, a what are you going to do? They can't stop them. And again, they're going to have a Big 12 athletic directors meeting tomorrow. And what do you what do you talk about? When I'll give you an example. The Big 12, of course, has been hit before. Nebraska went to the Big 10. Colorado went to the Pac-12. Missouri and Texas A&M went to the SEC. But the big difference between then and now is that when Nebraska, Missouri, Texas A&M, and Colorado left, they still had Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma and Texas already were the axle to the wheel. So they didn't lose the axle. Oh, they lost key components, Texas A&M key component, Nebraska key component, Colorado key component, Missouri key component. All right. But they didn't, but they could push forward with a plan because they still had Texas and Oklahoma. Now you go to today. I expect, as I told you, what it was on Monday, that I expected Texas A&M to vote yes, and they will. They're going to vote yes. It's going to be 14 nothing. All right. Now what do they have left? Well, who's your anchor? There is no anchor. You don't have an anchor left. Kansas basketball? No. That's not going to be... You can't. It's not going to happen. They're looking right now in a room where they're saying to themselves, okay, what do we do here? And there are no answers 
because everybody is looking at a shortfall that is dramatic. I heard somebody say, well, the American has a 12-year, $1 billion deal with ESPN. That's great until you start breaking the numbers down. Last year, each school in the American got $7.5 million, up from 5.8 the year before. Okay. I, I guess it went from 7.5 to 5.8 because of the pandemic. It's going to go back up to around $8 million this year. That's per school. That's $30 million less than what you get as a Big 12 school. And there's nobody left that's an anchor. Nobody's left as an anchor. Remember we were talking yesterday about Adam Frazier? And I said Adam Frazier is an excellent supplemental player. Everybody as a supplemental player would love to have Adam Frazier. But he's not the axle by which you build the wheel around. He's a supplemental to Fernando Tatis, supplemental to Manny Machado, supplemental to Eric Hosmer. Perfect. But you don't build the wheel around him. Now let's take it back to the conferences. Do you build the wheel around Oklahoma State? Kansas? Iowa State? Kansas State, TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor, West Virginia, you don't, those are all supplementals. You don't build the wheel around them. When they have their meeting tomorrow, they're in deep trouble. I mean, they're done. Even if they absorb four schools from the Americans, say they absorb four schools. All right, so you absorb four schools. So let's just, for the sake of argument, say it's UCF, Memphis, Cincinnati, Houston. Great. You got nice markets. And guess what? Your top out number is going to be probably twelve million dollars a year. In terms of your bowl packages, your NCAA tournament, your conference tournament, the conference championship game, your regular season packages. Eleven or twelve million a year. You're losing thirty million a year. Thirty million. That's the best you can do if you're in that kind of arrangement. If you either absorb four or you go to their conference or if somebody decides to go to the Mountain West. That is the best you can do. The best you can do is to blunt your losses to $30 million a year. How many sports do you have to drop? And not only that, it's also perception. Right now, okay, two weeks ago, before any of this started, we looked at Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, and West Virginia as Power 5 schools, right? If they go to the American or the Mountain West, they're not going to be perceived as Power 5 schools any longer. They're going to be perceived as second tier Despite what Mike Oresco says, Mike, you can talk power six all you want. You're still second tier. That's just in perception. You don't have people tuning in. Oh, great, I can't wait. Memphis is playing UCF. What channel? Great news. Iowa State is going to play 
Central Florida, what channel? No. It's not the way it goes. They're going to go from the perception of being Power 5 to being second tier in a hurry unless each one in an every-man-for-himself scenario finds themselves a landing spot. If I'm Oklahoma State, I am burning the phone up left and right trying to convince the Pac-12, take me. Please, take me. TCU, Pac-12, take me. Kansas, Big Ten, take me. Iowa State, and I was looking over like, really? Take me. That's the only way to keep yourself financially viable and to keep your designation of being one of the power 65. Because this move by Texas and Oklahoma, if the other if the other programs land in the Mountain West and the American, it is now the Power Fifty Seven. By the way, when I was on CBS Radio this morning, they asked about expansion. <laughs> they got a big kick out of out of my. Hawaii UNLV. <laughs> That's the way they had to go. Love it. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. So we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. From floating in a saltwater tank to chowing down on some delicious pierogies, we've had some amazing experiences on In Your Neighborhood. The cool thing is that we've only scratched the surface of what the central Susquehanna Valley has to offer. So join us as we stop by interesting businesses and organizations or introduce you to one of our many talented residents each month on IYN on SECV8, exclusively on Service Electric Cablevision Channels 8 and 508 HD. Stop searching and start watching with TiVo Stream from SCCV. Watch live, recorded, on-demand, and streaming entertainment all in one place. Find your favorite shows, movies, and videos by simply asking Google Assistant. Plus access to over 5,000 apps and games, including Netflix, Disney+, Amazon Prime, and more with Google Play. Wirelessly extend your TiVo experience to any room in your house or beyond. More features, more value, more fun with TiVo Stream, the new way to stream from SCCV. Visit sccv.com slash TiVo Stream to learn more. 
What's the first sign of a concussion? The truth is, there's not just one sign. Download the Pat's Concussion Toolbox app today and be ready to spot the signs and symptoms of concussion. Get the latest facts on concussion and access valuable resources all in one place and all for free. Available for download on Google Play and the Apple App Store. And remember, when it comes to concussions, the Pennsylvania Athletic Trainer Society wants everyone to play it safe. Download the Pat's Concussion Toolbox app today. Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. Explore Pennsylvania's over 6,000 miles of scenic hiking trails. The Keystone Trails Association members and their local hiking clubs hike them, build them, and take care of them. As a member of Keystone Trails Association, you can make a difference. Enjoy our great hiking trail system and with your donation, become a member today. Go to kta-hike.org today. Keystone Trails, the statewide voice for Pennsylvania hikers. Today, the, after yesterday's COVID scare, the Nationals won the opener three to one. In the nightcap, they scored four in the first. They laid it four nothing. Hey, your Yankees are kicking it today. Wow, am I impressed? Yeah, fourteen nothing at halftime. Gave up ten runs in the sixth inning. I'm no expert. That's a big number. That is correct. And Aaron Judge and Stanton are in the lineup. Yep. Hey, good performance by Garrett Cole. He gave up, you know, seven earned runs on six hits. Ah, yeah. He gets $36 million a year, right? Correct. Shouldn't he be a little bit better? <laughs> You'd think. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, uh, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 1115, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, best new in inventory. Great pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Thrilled for SUNY Lee. An American wins a gold medal in the all-around after Simone Biles could not compete. She stepped up and she won the gold medal. And what a relief for NBC because even the suit stopped watching yesterday. Oh, my almighty! <laughs> All right. Now here comes the portion of the program where, unfortunately, I feel like I'm going to depress the passengers, Matt. Yeah, but we just we got to do what we got to do. But he's an excellent guest. That's Rob Beer Temple from The Athletic. Rob, welcome. Great to have you with us. My God, 2018, it's already been three years. I was at that Hall of Fame induction. I was the, uh, the Baseball Writers Association of America president that year. So what, yeah. what, are, your, what are your duties? Right. <laughs> and, and it was more a pleasure for me was, was spending the weekend in Cooperstown inducting those fellows. And, uh, wow, yeah, tremendous, tremendous group there. Oh, tremendous incredible group. 
I was really glad to see, for example, Alan Trammell get in. Like, like yeah. sometimes it's something like you know somebody's really, really good, but you feel like even in being really good, they're under the radar. I always felt he was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it's you know that's one of the it's it's actually getting harder, I think, in some ways now just to be a Hall of Fame voter. I used to look forward to doing it every year in December when that envelope shows up. But now there's uh, there's been a couple of times where I'm almost afraid to look in the mailbox yeah. because I'm, I'm a kind of a small hall guy in the okay. first place. But, okay, know. so you don't you don't vote for a ten then, right? No, no, I don't think I've ever voted for, for a full ballot of ten. Okay, I think the closest I've come is maybe seven ish somewhere there, around there. Okay, all right, so, Yeah, and even then, that was kind of a you know an outlier. She. she I put in three or four names on the ballot, I feel like I've done my job. Right. All right, I've got... Okay, my neighbor is a huge Pirates fan. I'm sorry. He is He is not happy about the Adam Frazier situation. Now, we all knew he was going to be dealt. But he yeah. said, look, he said, at least the guy gave me some enjoyment to watch the games. He says, I don't quite get it. So, Ben Sherrington is starting... starting because I think it was hard to put any imprint on anything last year, is starting yeah. to put an imprint on the direction he wants to go. Is is So what are we seeing? Are we seeing uh, a real pathway here? Are we seeing somebody that's firing darts hoping they hit? What are we seeing? Well, I mean, it, it's, you know, from the giddy-up, Ben has always resisted you know, saying he was blowing up the system or he didn't want to use the word rebuild. And and yeah, I can get that because that's not a word that the people who sell the tickets for a living want to hear because that's that's tough to sell to folks. Um, but you know, let's you know, the, the semantics. It, it is what it is. They have they have flushed out a lot of the farm system. They have flushed out most of the major league, you know, the active roster. Right. Um, and it you know, Ben wants kind of a clean slate. You know, I mean, look at you know if you if. Uh, it, if you look at those top 30 prospect rankings, and you know, they're, they're a good guide map. I don't think they're a hard, fast, you know, rule, but they're but they're a nice map. It's kind of like with college recruiting. You want to hear about a four-star guy. A it, it's nice to know, but it doesn't always work that way. But the, the, the Pirates' list of top 30 guys now, compared to where it was in the final year, just just two years ago under Bill Huntington, you know, a pretty serious turnover. I would, you know, off the top of my head, I want to say maybe. 22, 23 of those guys, you know, are, are, are new, or you know, new to the system, mm-hmm. or the ranking, whatnot. So Ben has done a pretty good job in that regard of, of turning over and, and kind of restocking what was in the farm system. Um, it's going to take a little while for it to, to trickle up to the majors, and in the meantime, you know, you're going to have kind of what you're seeing. If you if you want to go for a, a plan of building. This is what you have to do, I think. If you want to, you know, and I, I get this, like like your buddy who, you, know, you like watching Adam Fraser. You, you, you like maybe watching, you know, Richard Rodriguez or, God help you, maybe you enjoyed watching Connor Henderson. <laughs> you know, and, and you want to keep saying that, and that's, you know, there's, that's part of it, too. You're putting an entertaining product in the field. But the Pirates, at this point, can't put a complete entertaining product in the field. You know, they don't really have major league caliber starters at every, you know, they're, they're batting John, I mean, nothing against John Nagowski, who's a, a lot of fun to watch and a fiery guy and he's having a great run now. 
but he's a guy who, you know, the Cardinals essentially cut him loose for nothing, and now he's batting cleanup for the Pirates. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of where they're at. Yeah, that is kind of where they're at. Um, if, I, I said this on the show the other day, that Adam Frazier is a tremendous supplemental piece. So, in other words, he can he supplements... Tatis, he supplements Machado, he supplements Hosmer, but mm-hmm. he's not the axle by which you build the rest of the wheel around. Is Cabrian right. Hayes that guy? Could be. Could be. I'm not, you know, pushing all my chips in on him yet. I, I know a lot of people in Pittsburgh want to. They've wanted to ever since he was drafted. Um, and I can understand that. I mean, he's got big league pedigree, and he certainly, you know, makes plays you don't see, you know, or we haven't seen guys in, on that roster make. And he makes them look easy and normal. He plays like you expect a, a big league starter to play. So yeah, I think he's a guy, he's, he's young, he's still got some untapped potential, he's in the middle of kind of a funk now, um, and he's that's, you know, you hate to see a guy scuffle, but I think in this sense, it's, it's good. It'll, be, it'll end up being a good thing for him. So he'll figure a way to get through it. And if he's if he's a legit guy, he'll find a way to make this make him a better player. So yeah, Hayes can be that guy. Brian Reynolds, to a degree, can, can be that kind of guy. Um, you know, but beyond that, um, you know, you're you're right. I mean, even when they traded Joe Musgrove, people you know, went a little nuts. Oh, Musgrove was the ace of the staff. Well, yeah, he was the ace of the Pirates staff. With the Padres, he was a good, you know, he's, he fit right in there as your three and four guy. Yeah. Sometimes when you go into a role like that where you're, where you're less of the focus of everything, you actually can blossom a little bit and settle in and, you know, relax, and that can enhance your performance as well. So, you know, that's the thing for the Pirates, Don, and, and, and Ben says it all the time, we just need better players, and that's, that's really the gist of it. And... You know they don't. You know they don't have a lot of keeper pieces on, on that roster, and keeper. There's a lot of things that go into it. Yeah, yeah. A big, big part of it, obviously, is you just have to be a good player. <laughs> yeah. But, but there are other things too. Uh, you know, where where are you at in your development arc? How old are you? What's your you know what, what's your economic status? I guess in, in that regard, are you are you a zero to three guy? Are you in your three years of arbitration? Or are you heading out of that toward free agency? You know, all that goes into determining whether you're a quote-unquote keeper, and if so, for how long you might be that kind of guy. All right, so I have to ask you about Rodolfo Castro, which is obviously, it's an interesting story. His first five hits in his career are all home runs. So what do we know about him? Guy from, uh, and again, I go back to you, if you were looking for him on those prospect lists back in February, I think Baseball America might have had him 29, 28, right. 27 there about in the na- that neighborhood. Um, nobody else really had him had him listed, and he was a guy who they had him in in camp last year. And I believe he was at the alt site uh, in Altoona um, during the the lockdown and then the, the truncated season. Right. So he was kind of a guy they had their eye on. You see a guy make the jump like he has from Double A to the majors. Some of it was based on need because they had some guys get hurt, 
and they needed, you know, and and Rory, you look at you know Triple A Indianapolis, um, not a, not a, you know, there's not a lot there, right? In terms, of, you know, so they're better players. That Altoona team, if if you haven't got a chance to see it, it's it's a fun team to watch. Yes, they got some, some mm-hmm. talent there. High A Greensboro, Low A Braves, they got some good skills guys there. So it, it's not entirely shocking that they bring a guy like Rodolfo up from Double A. Uh, at the same time, I wonder, you know, they bring him up now and they then send him down and they bring him up. If you're gonna, if you if you really are sold on a guy as being, you know, he's going to be a guy. If you bring him up from Double A, he's going to play. He's going to stay. And that hasn't been the case with Rodolfo. But when he has, I mean, at least for those five hits out of his whatever <laughs> thirty odd hit pass, right. he's made a case that he should be here. Yeah. So. You know, I, I think we're going to see the rest of the season now, especially with Frazier gone. Uh, and, and I think the fact that, they're, you know, I think they're, they've kind of moved on from Cole Tucker as being part of the long-term plan. I, I think you might see Rodolfo at second base, maybe a majority of the, of the games down the, yeah. down the stretch here, just to see exactly what they have in him. All right, the draft itself. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought when I looked at the draft, I felt the Pirates did a good job of taking what I think they felt was the best player available. Right? Because they need everybody. But I've been trying to give everybody what the reality of the draft is. It's just every single pick's a roll of the dice. Yeah. I mean, that's all, that's all it is, a roll of the dice on every guy, because nobody knows how they develop. But at least in terms of, but you can only draft what you think's the best guy, and I think they did that. Yeah, yeah. I think in terms of executing their strategy, it was it maybe even worked better than they had hoped. And I think they signed more of the guys than yeah. they had you know, right. they had hoped to sign, uh, including you know Dagger Lonnie. Uh, Lonnie, yeah, I know Lonnie White. Yes, <laughs> but but you know, but you're right. It is such a thing where you know of those 21 guys that they they picked, you figure mm, eight to ten. Will, will be legit prospects, maybe, of those 8 to 10, 4, 5, make it to the majors for yeah. more than you know, a couple of games. Yeah. And if that 4 or 5, 1 becomes a guy. Right. So you, you need, you, you know, you have to you have to do it first, but then, yeah, now the onus really is on on their development. And, and this is where I think we'll kind of, it's too soon to tell whether Ben's regime is going to be more impactful than the Huntington group was because we don't have a sense yet, especially with the, you know, the pandemic last year, right. out the season. how are they going to develop these guys? Do they have personnel and, and plans and procedures? They're going to click with these kids, or at least most of these kids, as many as you can reach and make a click. Because part of that is with minor league baseball, and I can, I can, I can attest to this, you know, uh, mm-hmm. doing the Spikes games all these years. Part of it is the philosophy from up top dictates how you develop players in your system. Yeah. And the philosophy up top, I was very uncomfortable with watching how the Pirates were going about their business here uh, when they were here. I was like, this right. doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm serious. Uh, so with Charrington... Do you have to look at the Blue Jays, for example, to really get a feel as to what he, what he thinks? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and look at the Blue Jays, look at what he did with you know when he, when he was with the Red Sox. Yeah. 
you know, and, and got a few of those guys um, yeah. to, to produce. Right. And, you know, that's that's encouraging, and I'm sure that's something that, you know, when they were looking to replace Neil, um, that was a pretty big consideration, was looking at the track record he had of those two other clubs. And I, I do think you're right that there was always a sense that I got before talking with a lot of the different players that it, the, the development group was concerned less about development than it was about, like, square pegs in the round holes. Like, everybody yep. got this. This was the plan. Yep. And this is how you're going to wear your socks. They had a, in spring training, yep. they had a chart on the wall for the, 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 the minor league guys, for minor league camp, mm-hmm. telling them how they should organize their lockers. Yep. This is where you put your shower sandals. Yeah. This is where you put your soap. This yep. is where you put your cleats. Uh, how does that make you a better first base? It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. And, that, and see, that's and that's all part of when when they were here. I'm like, oh, that's that. I, I was like you, Rob. I'd look at stuff and say that there's no logic to this. Yeah, yeah. And, it was a warped logic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, to them there was some logic, but it's like it, it makes no sense. I mean, I need guys to be players. I need them to be better. I need I need to find some leaders. I mean, things yeah. like that. Um, I know there's only thirty of these jobs, but do we have to start feeling badly for Derek Shelton, or <laughs> because I, I just feel like he can't show what anything he can do. Yeah, I do. I, I, I do because you know, just boy, right out of the giddy up there, he was he was hamstrung. Um, they they changed the, you know a lot of the rules on him. You know, oh, there's going to be a DH this year, and oh, right. really? Oh, I wasn't preparing for that. Oh, there's not now. There's not going to be anymore. And right. or now, hey, now we're going to do this completely different thing in the tenth inning. So <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, that's hard enough for veteran managers to kind of come to grips with, but a guy who's learning most of the faces on his team and the guys around him and, and trying to manage that group. Yeah, I really, you know, he, he's he's had some rough spots. He's, he's had some decisions, you know, where you, you wonder if he could have handled, say, the bullpen better or, or you know, or, or some X and Y's kind of thing, you know, maybe you should have hit this guy for that or whatever. You could do that. But I think in general, it's, yeah, it, it, it's been difficult, you know, I'm sure for him to get in any kind of rhythm. And maybe this year, he has a little bit more of that, even considering you know how things are going and how they're going to continue to go. But at least I think if nothing more, he'll come out of this season a little more established, at least settled for himself. Maybe you know, in terms of what he's trying to do and how he's trying to do it. Well, at some point, Rob, I want to get you back on not only to talk about the end of the season, but about you know, the collective bargaining agreement and how close baseball is to the danger line. So. Oh, okay. There's a lot of nervous people, I'll tell you that much, and <laughs> including me. Right. I have not made reservations for spring training yet. So. Rob, <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I the, normally after the World Series we start to get into little, uh, we get into the hot stove stuff. Mm-hmm. There won't be a single move made between the end of the World Series and this thing is settled because nobody's going to want to sign. Yeah, yeah. It's because you. I mean, and there's even so many fundamental things. That have to be decided. Will there be a DH? How right. big are the rosters going to be? What's up with the playoffs? Will there be expansion? I think all those things are legitimate questions and questions that are that are definitely going to evolve in some way. Maybe mild at first, but there's going to be some seismic moves. Um, so you're right. I think you know if 
for, for owners, for, for, for management executives, and for players, it's going to be a very nervous time. And there's just still two sides that, you know, even though there's a kind of a detente right now, they don't like each other. No. <laughs> there's a lot of anger there. No, they don't like each other. That's that's why I think this it would be an interesting and will be an interesting conversation when we have it. And I look forward to having the conversation because I know you'll have a good feel for everything. Rob, as always, thanks so much. Appreciate you very much. It's always great catching up with you. You know that. Hey, man. Appreciate it, Steve. Hank <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You too. You too, Hank Tough. Okay, don't make those reservations for spring training just yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm old enough. I'm old enough. <laughs> All right, that's Rob Beer Temple, one of the absolutely great guys out there. I've known Rob for, I don't know, 25 years? Longer? I don't know. Just an absolutely awesome guy, great reporter. But when we get to the collective bargaining agreement, we're going to have Rob back on to talk about that, and I'll tell you, it is a roadmap that Major League Baseball needs to figure out a way to avoid. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. So we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us today. Matt uh, will be a little depressed uh, for the rest of the show. I just want to warn the audience ahead of time uh, the Yankees are not exactly putting up what you would call a fight. I'm numb, I'm numb at this point. It's sad. I'm just surprised they even took two out of three from the Rays, so there's that. Yeah, you sent your ace to the mound tonight. (laughs) I thought it worked well. Uh, Yeah. 